Well, it's good to have you here this morning. And uh, before I bring the message here this morning, I have some thoughts on a right response to Christians as far as an election is concerned. And so I just want to give these to you. This could be a whole different message, but you could have um, these points here. A right response to a, a message. First of all, in America, we should be thankful. Why? Because you get to vote in election. You get to vote in election. We get to elect public servants to serve and uh, under God and under the rules of society, but be thankful. Secondly, be humble. Uh, whether you win or lose, be humble. Um, to be placed in a place of service and to be a leader in our country is a special thing. And so we should be humble. Uh, win or lose, be humble. Uh, thirdly, let me say this, be hopeful and say also helpful. I take those together, be hopeful and helpful. And I uh, just mentioned that because uh, losses in election, no matter who is over us, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Ultimately, Jesus is king. And then fourthly, and this is important, be prayerful. And I say this because some of you don't know this because you're not hearing this on the media in general. Maybe you've heard it. But did you know they declared Al Gore president of the United States before George Bush became president of the United States in the media? And I'm just saying this. Be prayerful. Maybe our president should be Biden. Maybe our president should be Trump. But I'm saying this in America, be prayerful. We are a divided country, and we can see that, I believe, to a large extent. And so be prayerful. And so just keep those things in mind this morning. I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning, and let's turn to Psalm chapter 66. Again, two for one. That was certainly a short one. That wasn't even a sermonette. That was just a few points. Um, certainly could uh, talk about those things more extensively, but I won't this morning. Uh, Psalm 66, I'd like to draw your attention to this morning as we consider a thought uh, that, again, I think is helpful and certainly, again, biblical here uh, as we consider uh, this morning. Why, why do we have so many different kinds of problems? Why do we have so many different kinds of problems. And I'd like to start here in Psalm 66. We'll read through the whole chapter and we'll consider some thoughts from here and throughout the Bible as we consider why we have so many different kinds of problems. Now that doesn't sound too encouraging, but hopefully it will encourage you this morning. Psalm chapter 66, verse number one, make a joyful noise unto Lord all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thy works. Through the greatness of the, thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. And they shall sing to thy name, say law. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. He turned the sea into a dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let, the rebellious, uh, let not the rebellious exalt themselves, say law. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. 
which holdeth our soul and life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou latest affliction on our loins. Thou causest men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, through the water, but thou broughtest us out to a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices and fatlings. With the incense of rams, I will offer bullocks with goats, say law. Come and hear all ye that fear the Lord. I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried on with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. This morning, I want to consider why so many different kinds of problems. Let's pray as we consider this thought from the Word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for today. Thank you again for this life we have. Thank you for all the opportunities we have before us. Thank you for the Word of God that gives us hope and, and strength and help in time of need. Again, I just ask that you minister to each one of us through the Word of God. Help us to understand that life has many problems in it, but there's a purpose in them as we'll see here today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I don't know anybody likes problems. Do you know anybody likes problems? I don't. I'll tell you this. I don't know anybody that likes problems, and I'll tell you honestly, I don't. I don't like problems like we have in our country today. I don't like problems like in front of 328 6th Street Northwest. There's a pipe under the ground. And you know that pipe is not working like it should be. And you know as a result of that pipe not working as it should be, the people in that house have had sewer backup twice in a, you know, a, a time of two weeks or so. And when that happens, I've had that problem before. I have had that problem before. Have you had that problem before? Have you ever had sewer backup problems before? Have you ever had a problem with a sewer backup so bad that the pipe has to be fixed on the outside of the house? Or you'll have this continual problem over and over again? I mean, like having backup, you know, have it on Sunday, and then you get to have it on Wednesday, and then have it on Sunday, and have it on Wednesday, and, and that kind of thing. Have you ever had problems like that? You say, no, I haven't had that problem. I have. That problem happened over in Jamestown. As soon as that, I heard the plumber have to come back again, I thought to myself, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is going to happen again. This is going to happen again. What's going to happen again? I'm going to have a big bill standing in front of me. The one in Jamestown, you know what the bill was on that house in Jamestown? $28,500 my share. That's huge. That's huge. $28,500 my share. $36,500 me and the city's share. That was Jamestown a while back. That's a problem. That was a problem. That was something I looked at. I was like, oh, I got the solution to this problem. And you say, well, the solution to the problem is fix it and sell it. It was a rental house of ours. Fix it and sell it. That's 
you know, not, that's basically what we had there. That, you know, people face problems. I've, I've faced a lot of problems. I know you've faced a lot of problems. I know everybody faces a lot of problems. But you know, when it comes to problems, there are different problems and there's a reason for problems. And again, sometimes I believe the reason for our problems can be identified, certainly from the Word of God. In Psalm 66, we see the psalmist here, David, encourage us to bless God in spite of what might take place in our life. In Psalm 66, it starts out, it says, Make a joyful noise on the Lord, all you lands, sing for the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible out thou works through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves to thee. And he goes on and talks about how one day people will sing and worship before God and all those kinds of things. But in the midst of this chapter in Psalm 66, and this is what we're going to kind of look at here, that in the midst of him talking about these things, he also talks about the problems that they went through, the, the, the setbacks, if you would, that took place in, in the life of different people throughout history, and especially with God's people here. In uh, verse number uh, 11, uh, sorry, verse 8, it says, Oh, bless our Lord, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to move, be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, has tried us as silver is tried. Thou hast brought us into the net. Thou hast laid affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest us into a wealthy place. It would seem crazy, really, in some, some people's estimation for people to want to praise God. And to be joyful, as it mentions there in the first part of the verse there. Make a joyful noise on the Lord. Sing on the Lord and all these kind of things. Bless the Lord, verse number 8, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to move. move through. And then he goes on and talks about being proved and tried and brought to affliction and going to the fire and experiencing things through water. As a result of these things, what, were, what was David doing? He was... Blessing the Lord and praising the Lord. It says there in the last part of the last, last verse, it says, Blessed be God, which has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. In spite of what happens in life, despite what might happen with an election, what might happen in your personal life, what might happen in our corporate life as a church, at our nation's. Uh, again, experience in the future, we know that God's mercy is not going to be turned from us, neither his uh, hearing our prayer. And so I want to consider some thoughts on why so many diverse or different kinds of problems. And I believe we can find this both from this passage of Scripture and certainly throughout the Word of God. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 there's much evidence that all of us experience problems. I want to just take that as kind of an initial point or thought here this morning. There's much evidence that many of us experience a number of problems in life. We experience problems that come into our life. We don't know what to do. Hebrews chapter 11 
and verse number 33, the Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, my, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Now, let me just say this. When Moses entered in the world, he had a dictatorial leadership government over him. And that dictatorial, leader, uh, dictatorial leadership type of government over him had a decree that they were to kill all the boys and to spare the girls. And that was what was taking place at that time in history. And I just want to say this about Moses. And I don't know his whole life, neither does anyone know his whole life. Only God has seen his whole life, and he only would know most about his life. But I want to say this about Moses. Moses faced a lot of problems in life. Right from the beginning. Moses there in life was hidden of his parents because there were problems. And there are many people, and I'm not one of them. I just want to say that I'm not one of them. I might have had my sewer issues and maybe more sewer issues and different issues that people had have in life. You know, there's a lot of people that had problems in life, but I haven't been one that's experienced problems basically from birth. Some people are born with a birth defect or born with diabetes or born with some handicap or they're born in a place of adversity. Maybe they're born into a country that desires to hurt them or harm them. Maybe they're born in a place, again, where, where people just don't like their kind. But you see, in Moses' life, he was born into problems or issues right from the beginning. And I, and I thank God to some degree. I wasn't born with many health issues or problems that may go through and have to experience throughout life. But you know, those problems aren't put in our life to destroy us or to hurt us, but they are to humble us and to cause us to turn to God. And you'll see in Hebrews chapter 11, though he was born in a place in verse number 23 where he was in a place where there was a desire for people to destroy him. He came to a place where he put his faith in the Lord. And I believe, again, part of that came as a result of the, the problems Moses experienced in life and throughout life. It says there in verse number 24, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There's a choice there, verse number 25, that I believe all people need to understand that we must choose. He chose to rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose again, in a sense, to have affliction, problems in his life by choosing to be a person of faith in God. There are a lot of people out there that will say to you, and, and preachers maybe they'll say to you if, you, if you, if you do that which is the will of God, you're not going to have any problems. You get saved by grace, God will take away all your problems. I just want you to know it's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. You'll probably, possibly do better in life. I'm just saying, in this life. You can, rich, you can live sumptuous every day like the rich men did there, Luke chapter 16. 
You could be like Psalm chapter 73. You can seem to have no issues in life. Read through that first part of Psalm 73 sometime, and you'll see you may not have many issues in life. The unrighteous may not seemingly have many issues in life. But you may have some real issues when it comes to the life that follow this life. You will have problems when it comes to this life that follows this life. It says in verse number 25, he chose. He chose by faith to suffer, with the, uh, suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Someone says, well, how can that be? That doesn't make any sense. Why, why would it be that God's people would suffer or have maybe more problems than other people's have in life? It's because the Bible teaches that. Let's turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. You know, Jesus didn't promise those that followed Jesus that they, didn't have, they wouldn't have any problems. And someone says, well, that's a no-brainer then. I'm not going to become a Christian. I don't want any more problems. I've got enough problems the way it is. And, and with the problems I have, I, I just cover them up with my drinking. I cover them up with this, that, and the other thing. And that, that seems to solve my problems. Again, uh, there are different problems in life. And we all experience problems in life. And we all experience difficulties in life. In John chapter 16 and verse number 32 and verse number 3, it says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, I is now come, and ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In the world you'll have tribulation. No one should seek to, again, uh, teach to Christian people. In the world, you're not going to have tribulation. It's wrong for us to come along as, as pastors or even persons talking to people and say, you know, if, if you just get saved by grace, God will solve all your problems. He'll solve one great problem you have. That's your sin problem. But he'll not solve all the problems you have. It says there in verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now we all experience different in, uh, kinds of problems in life. I, you know, I wasn't like my parents that on their, I think it was their 12th anniversary. Oh, you always like to have a good anniversary, hopefully. And 12th anniversary not their 12th, but my 12th, their anniversary, I can't remember what year it is, but their, on their anniversary, I was 12-year-old, hit by a car on, their, on my 12th year of life. Hit by a car in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, on a road. My bike is all smashed up. I go into the hospital. I have on my body scars from that accident hit at some 40 miles an hour, supposedly going across on a bike, get hit by a car, and my parents have to deal with that on their anniversary. You know, that's a different kind of problem. I, I, I know I, I didn't spare it, I, I got through my 12th anniversary, my 25th anniversary, whatever, and I haven't had really a so-called bad anniversary or whatever it might be. I'm just saying, when it comes to life, you might experience and I might experience certain kinds of problems in life, and you know, that problem for them led to me starting to think about life and death when I was 19 years old, when I was first told about the gospel message. 
That problem, again, with me maybe experiencing a near-life-death experience as a young person might have been a problem to them, but it was good for me because then I got to start to think about eternity because I could think, you know, hey, you could die someday suddenly without even thinking about it. I don't remember the incident that well because, again, I was knocked out. I certainly had a concussion and all those kind of things. I woke up in the, in the hospital. I remember them asking me what time of year it was. I had no idea. I had no idea. But God gives us problems. And in the world, we'll have tribulation. There'll be problems. There'll be troubles. There'll be, again, times where, again, we are not experiencing what we'd like to in life. Again, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It may be on someone's part this morning, they're experiencing some difficulty that almost seems to be impossible to overcome or something, again, that's so perplexing they do not know what to do. Why is that problem there? Someone says, I don't know. It just seems like there's just too many problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number... First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, and... Uh, Verse number eight. You know what? Let's see. We're going to change that. Hopefully that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I have a problem sometimes. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, there it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as a preacher, sometimes I have a problem of, of writing down the scriptures as they are, right? Have you ever seen that? I've, you haven't experienced that maybe in life, but I, I have this problem sometimes. I write things down wrong. And uh, anyways, here, i just like to bring you here to this particular time in Paul's life where he talks about what he's experiencing in life. He says in verse 8, we are troubled on every side. That's not just on one side, that's just all around him, every side. Yet not distressed, we are perplexed, yet but not in despair. We are persecuted. That's Paul being persecuted. I'm not really persecuted per se like he was being persecuted. I mean, I'm not, we're not in a time of persecution, uh, at least here, or at least Valley City, or at least in my life, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Now you look at him, and he has problems. He has trouble. He has perplexity. He has distress. He, he's not in despair, but he's persecuted. He's cast down, but he's not destroyed. He's still standing. He's still hoping. He's still doing the will of God. And it mentions there in verse 10, I always bury about in the body of the dying the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be manifested in our body. Through all these problems, these difficulties that Paul experienced, he was to manifest the life of God in his life. We know that people experience problems and I experience problems and Certainly, again, if I was to ask today, can anybody tell me about a problem they experienced in life? You probably have a problem I wouldn't want to experience or a difficulty that would be difficult for anyone to bear. But all people experience problems. There are great problems. There are small problems. There are big uh, issue problems. Let's turn to Psalm 121 when it comes to these different kind of problems that come to our life. And again, I think about, you know, the, the election. I just, you know, there could be some huge problems with what's going on. Uh, even with the election today. Uh, once a presidential candidate is declared winner, even if it's not certified by the states, it's a huge problem for people to come back and say, well, you know what, actually the winner is... I'm not saying that's going to happen. 
There could be problems from that. Psalm 121, the Bible says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Verse 8, it says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. The psalmist writes about looking to God for help and also knowing that God will preserve thy going out and thy coming in. You know, verses like that can encourage a Christian if they believe it and receive it. But we know that there's a lot of different things that people experience in life. Let's turn back to our set text there in Psalm 66. Psalm 66. Why are afflictions, why are difficulties, why are, uh, why are we sometimes tried? Uh, again, the Bible says there in verse 11, it says, Thou broughtest us into the net, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou broughtest us into the net. Think about the problem. Again, just want to mention a few here today that what we would call or what we could call a net kind of a problem. And again, I'm going to just define this maybe a few different ways, but just a net kind of a problem. Have you ever been in a net kind of a problem? They'll brought us into a net like a, a bird's trapped in a net, like a fish is caught in a net or a snare. You know, sometimes there are net kinds of problems. And we'll see in the Bible that God's people experience these kinds of problems. Thou brought us into the net. For what purpose? To prove us and to try us. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 14. There's certainly a good example here in Exodus chapter 14 of being brought into a net. Have you ever been brought, in a sense, to a net where there's no way out? Or seemingly no way up or around or through or whatever it might be, and God has put you in some kind of a way into a net or a corner or a place where there's nowhere to turn. It seems there's no one that can help. Exodus chapter 14, verse number 9, it says, But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and, the, and his horsemen and his army and, and overtook them camping of the sea beside uh, Pir, uh, Pi-Hathroth, don't know if I said that right, before Basil Phone uh, uh, or something like that. And when Pharaoh drew nine, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and beheld the Egyptians marched after them. They were afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because I was... Uh, the, there, because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us to die in the wilderness? Therefore has thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us uh, to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians, you have seen this day, you shall see no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thou wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. And he lifted them up a rod and stretched it out 
his hand over the sea and divided it, and the children of Israel should go through on dry ground in the midst of the sea. We see here in the Bible what I call a net kind of a problem. You know, a lot of people experience what we would maybe call a net kind of a problem. Uh, the enemies are before them. There's nothing to protect them. There seems like there's no one that can help them. And you see in this passage of Scripture, they, they begin to, in verse number 10, they begin to cry unto the Lord. And I'm, I'm glad for them that they seemingly knew where to turn for help in a net kind of a problem. The net kind of problem here is you have a, a great army coming against you and you are not able to defend yourself against them. We could experience that someday. Nations have experienced that all throughout history. And that kind of a problem where you say, we've got nothing we can do to defend ourselves. I know you can't defend yourself. And you may not see a way to defend yourself. But they were brought to this place by God's choosing. And yet, you find in the Bible, you see they murmur against God. They say 11 verse 12, well, you should never allowed us to come out of here. You should never allowed us to get out of here. That's why we're in this problem today. Moses, this is a problem. God, this is a problem. And Moses says in so many words, be quiet. He says unto him, verse 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, we might experience some kind of a net kind of a problem, some kind of unsolvable kind of a problem, some problem that, Seemingly, no one would know what to do. And in this situation, there's nobody that could help them but God. And he had to do something miraculous for them to be delivered through here. It says in verse 11, but he lifted up the rod and stretched it out, his hand over the sea and divided it, and the, the children of Israel shall go forth on dry ground in the midst of the sea. And it goes on, talks about all the things there. Verse number 30, just want to sum it up. You know the story there. You know what the Bible talks about there? Thus the Lord saved Israel, if you don't read through it, thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore, and Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Wow, that's great. Isn't that awesome? I think that's awesome. They were in a problem, and, and God solved it, and God fixed it. Let's turn back to Psalm 66. They were put in a place where the, the net, so to speak, was around them. The enemy was seeking to destroy them, and yet God delivered them from this problem. And that's why I believe you see here in the Bible, in, in verse, number, uh, verse number 6, he turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on a foot there did we rejoice in him? They rejoiced in the Lord at that time because God delivered them of this net kind of a problem. He proved us and tried us as silver is tried. Verse number 10, thou brought us out in the net and laid his affliction upon us. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the water, through the fire and through the water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. And so we see in the Bible a problem. I call it the net kind of a problem. There's also in this passage of Scripture, it's mentioned um, fire and water. 
Water. Have you ever had any issues with water? I've had more issues with water than most people have had with water. I could go into detail, but I'm not going to go into detail. Have you had your house flooded? I'm not going to be here to boast. I'm just going to mention a couple of things. Have you had your house flooded? I've had that kind of a water problem. I mean, I, I'm not one, and I'm not one of a million that have that. There's a lot of people that have water issue problems, but a water kind of a problem. Have you ever had a pipe in your wall start to leak, and you're wondering, what's that hissing around behind that wall? What's going on there? Haven't had that? You haven't had in like a 1910 or 1905 house. Um, you might get that with those lead pipes. They just all of a sudden get too old and too whatever, and you get water coming out of the house. Have you ever had problems like in front of our house? I mean, the, the, the fixture I have now um, that I'm working on trying to fix up, I've never seen water come out of a sidewalk before. Have you seen water come out of a sidewalk before? I mean, that's like Moses in the Old Testament, water coming out of the ground. No, it's not. But I'm just saying, water coming out of a sidewalk. And you're saying, what's going on here? There's a bursted pipe in Valley City, and it's in it's our house. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is just this is incredible. Uh, lucky for me, it was the city's problem. The pipe had bursted because they turned up the, um, what do you call it, the pressure on all the pipes on the north side of town. Most people never heard that. That's why there's all the busting at the post office and busting here and there. They turned up the pressure on that side of town and it caused some of the older pipes to burst. And I believe this spring, I believe this winter, you're going to see more of this busting. But uh, it's going to be your problem then because you can't trace it to here. But I, the city guy came by, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to tear it out. We're going to fix it. We're going to do it. It's not going to cost you a dime. And I thought to myself, yep. It's not my problem. It's their problem. But I'm just saying, that's just a water problem. And you can go through your life and you can talk about the different kinds of water problems you have. And, 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 and certainly, again, all of us experience maybe water problems sometime in life. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 15, actually, sorry. Exodus chapter 15. In life, you're going to have different kinds of problems. And, and Moses experienced problems right from the beginning. Uh, he was in a place that he was to be, I believe, a deliverer. He chose by faith to join himself to the people of God. And, and, and yet, in life, he went through a lot of different things that maybe you and I didn't experience particularly, but maybe things along those lines. But Exodus chapter 15 and uh, verse number 22 through verse number 24, we see another problem that comes into his life. And again, this is a water type of a problem. Exodus chapter 15, you're familiar with it more than likely, but I want to show you it nonetheless. It says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to the marsh, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of the, it was called Marah, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, uh, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and, they, and there he proved them. He proved them. Same as Psalm 66, to prove us. Why do problems come to light? To prove you. To prove me. We, we see here no water for three days. Hey, I haven't experienced that. Have you? No water for three days? 
I know people have experienced no water for a number of days, but I just say to myself, a water problem. And then when you have the water that you do find, come along, it says there, the waters are bitter, verse number 23. Not what they should be. Think about Flint, Michigan, and their water problems. Think of, about places that are flooded and their problems. Think of places that are destroyed by tornadoes or whatever it might be, or hurricanes. And think of the water problems that people have and, and how it, maybe in some countries, again, all they have is murky water. Water that's no good for them. Bitter water, not the right kind of water. And what will a person do in those kinds of places where they are faced with water kinds of problems? Well, they can murmur as they did here. They murmured against Moses. You know, last time around you see them cry out to God. Now they just murmur. I mean, they cried out to God initially and then they murmured, but here they just murmur. You'd think they'd cry out to God because they see God deliver them. And they'd seen before that Moses somehow and God worked together, so things worked out there for them. But now in this situation of life, all they can see is there's no good water here. Verse 25, it says, And, and he cried on the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, uh, which he cast in the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made them a statue in orange, and, and there he proved him and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, and will do that which is right in thy sight, and will give ear to the commandments and keep all the statutes, I will put these, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth. And uh, you see again the problem with water, and uh, certainly again in life, and in the Christian's life, we're going to have problems with water. We're going to be disappointed by difficulties that come our way. We're going to be, again, facing sometimes, as we have of late, you know, issues that we just really would rather just go away. I just want 2021. I just want for this coronavirus to go away. I just want, you could go down the road. I just, I just don't want this. What are we doing those problems? Are we just murmuring, complaining, just like the Egyptians did? Or are you calling out to God? Am I calling out to God and saying, God, take away this problem? Are we just in a place where we just, well, I just have to endure this thing. The proving is done to cause us to turn to God. Provings are done to cause us to turn to God and to trust in God. And we often don't turn to God. We just look at the problem. I see the problem. Problem's right there. Problem's no good. And inside me, I'm murmuring and complaining. You know, these are two major problems that came into the lives of God's people when they were supposed to go from a land of bondage to a land of freedom. And they experienced problems there. Someone says, well... On the way, so-called to, you know, the promised land, you're not going to have any problems there. Well, you better look and see what happened in the Old Testament to God's people. They were given problems so that they would learn to look to the Lord in their problems. And so they had the problem of waters there. 
Exodus chapter 16, verse number 1 through 8. Have you experienced again the difficulty of not having water or having the wrong kind of water or water you can't drink, etc.? We see God is able to deliver and help through those problems. Exodus 16, verse number 1 through 3, it says, And they took their journey from Elam, and from the congregation of the children of Israel, say to the children, uh, uh, to the wilderness of Sin, which between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after the departing of the hand of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died in the, in, the, in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we saw the flesh pots and, and when we did eat bread to the full, for they had brought us forth to Egypt to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather at a certain rate every day that I might prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. These problems were coming into life to actually cause the people of God to do the will of God. They have this other problem. It's a common problem. It's a problem around the world. It's a problem maybe you've never experienced in life, but they had hunger problems. There are people that are hungry today. And they hunger, and some of them will complain about their problems. Again, as I look at that hunger problem, I also want to say that it's sometimes a basic lack of supply problems. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah, just recently, the toilet paper. Couldn't find it anywhere. Just having a little fun. Couldn't find any toilet paper anywhere. It's just, everybody just toilet paper. I went to the store, none there, none here, none. Uh, maybe you didn't have any. Maybe you heard it was coming, and you got to the stores and got your supplies, and so you're all good. But they had a temporary lack of supply, hunger there. Couldn't they figure out that God could take care of them? I mean, imagine, and this has never happened in my life, but this would be cool if it did. I mean, they experienced it, and I'm not saying I'd do any better if I experienced it. But imagine me having a great army, or you having a great army set against you, and there's no way to come out of it. There's a net problem. The net problem is nobody can help you but God. And here you are, and God parts the waters before you, and you walk across those seas because God wanted to show grace to you and mercy to you, even though you complained against him. And he delivers you, and you say, wow, what an amazing God there. And along comes a, a, a time, and your leader, President Trump, President Bryant, no, just teasing, I, I'm not going to use those, whoever it might be, and he's in a situation, you're going along and you have problems in water supply, you have hunger supply, and all these kind of things. And you see every time God come through and supply what you need and give you what you Give you what you need. And then it seems like every time that you're running a problem again, what do you end up always doing? You complain. You murmur. You, you don't trust God. You don't think God can fix it. You don't think that God can, can do anything with it. And so there's no, not, you know, you think about it. You get water, and, and you see Moses, he casts this, you know, this stick or whatever it might be into the water, and now you can drink it, and you'd say, man, the faith that people should have because God took care of them. 
It's not long after that that they find out, hey, we just can't find any food. I mean, I'm not saying they were waiting for the government to come along. I'm sure they were looking for food, but they are finding no food on the promised land. And uh, they get in this place in life, they said, you know, I just wish we would have been back in Egypt. Now, some Christians almost, I, I would say sometimes Christians, I shouldn't say Christians almost, maybe Christians even do that. I mean, I just wish I was back in Egypt. I just didn't seem to have so many problems there. And yet God comes along and he, he rains bread from heaven. Wow. Can you imagine experiencing all those things in life? You'd think by this time in their life, these people would be like, we are the people of God. God has allowed for a Red Sea for us to experience and go through life. And we walked across waters. And God destroyed our enemies. And we experienced, when we had this problem with water, we didn't have water for a long time, and, and God gave us water, and it was bad water, and then it was made sweet water, and we experienced that in life. And then along comes another time in their life, and there's, there's food, and they're hungry. I don't know if I've ever been hungry. Have you ever been hungry? Like, I mean, really hungry. Like three days hungry. I'm not saying try to experience that. Maybe sometime you should. I'm not a hunger striker or whatever it might be, but I, I, people do the hunger striking and things like that. But I mean, when you're really, really, really hungry. I mean like Esau hungry, where you practically give away your anything because you're so hungry. And they, they experience those things in life. And then God sends manna from heaven. Imagine it. Wow. In the morning, see all this kind of stuff on the ground, and it's, it's not there because it belongs there. You know, it's not, it's not there because there's, it's only there because God gave it to them. Supply. Doesn't the Bible God say that God shall supply all our needs? Yes, it does. Turn to Psalm chapter 78. Now, I understand needs and wants and, and things today are certainly, you know, uh, turned around. I mean, you know, people talk about everybody needs health insurance. You know, I'll be honest with you, not everybody needs health insurance. But I can say this, you do need water and you need, do need some food. But you don't necessarily need health insurance. It's kind of nice to have. When you don't have it, maybe you'd have to ask God to supply your needs there or whatever it might be. But there's things that we think are, are really big problems sometimes. But I think about how God's people, they experience some of the biggest problems in life. And God delivered from some of the biggest problems in life. And you think their, 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 their faith would grow strong through these problems. And they know that, hey, you know, if we face this problem again, we know where we're going to get the help from. It's going to come from God. Psalm 78, verse number 18 and 19. Just want to read these verses. It says, And they tempted God in their hearts by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spoke against God. And they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Yes, God can furnish a table in the wilderness. He can give food, he can give manna, he can give quail as he gave to them. All these things he gave graciously by God. Turn to Exodus chapter 17. Just want you to notice again, I just want to say this, again, when it comes to life, sometimes someone says, well, if I go through one problem, I'll never experience maybe a problem like that again. I, I, I know that we experience sometimes the problem seemingly in repetitive ways. You know, some people have health problems and it's 
It's like they, they get cancer of the lungs, and then along comes something else. And then they get cancer of this, and along comes something else. Or maybe they experience in life just regular health issues. I mean, one after another, they, they seem to have health issue after health issue. And someone says, why do they have those problems? For the same reason that these people have seen these problems come to them so that they might turn to God. I wonder how many Americans would like to see America turn to God that are Christians. I would dare say most of us who are Christians would like to see America turn to God. But do people turn to God when they have everything and everything's good and you know great, etc.? You'd probably find like I, I do. Nope. Nope, they don't. Exodus chapter 17, verse number four, not normally. It says, And Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? For they have almost ready to stone me. Now, I just want to back up there. This is a same kind of a problem that they experienced before, but now it's gotten worse. Let's back up there. In verse uh, 1, it says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephim, and there was no water for the people to drink. No water to drink. Have they experienced no water to drink before? Let me ask you that question. Yup. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? No water to drink before, no water to drink again. What are they going to be proved by water issues again? Therefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink and Moses said unto the people, Why chide you with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is that thou hast brought us up out of the entrance to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost destroyed me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before thee, take thee with thee a rod, and smote us the river. And... Uh, See God come through again, supplying their basic supply, water supply problems. You know, some, sometimes we think in life we're never going to have the same problem again. I, you know, solve this problem, it's all good, it's all great, and, and it comes back, it comes around, so to speak. In verse number 7, it says, where did Moses get this water? It says, and he called the name of the place Marsha and Meribah, because the uh, chiding the children of Israel, and, and because they tempted the Lord and said, Is the Lord among us or not? And uh, verse number 6, Behold, I stand before thee upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there cometh out water, and the people may drink it. And uh, Moses did so in the sight of all the elders of Israel. Again, when it comes to problems, diverse and different kinds of problems that we face, we'll face sometimes problems again. And why do we face those problems again? Why do sometimes Americans face unemployment problems over and over again, or whatever it might be? Why do people face health problems where this happens in a life and that happens in their life, etc.? Why is it that Israel found lack of supply, water supply problems again? Because God wanted to prove them, whether they would trust in him or not. The nets, the fire, the water, whatever kinds of problems come to our, into our lives, are all, I believe, sent, especially the major problems that come into our life, to get us to turn to God. 
I just want to mention some other kinds of problems. I, I'm going to look at a little bit of scripture here. Again, I need to wrap things up here uh, fairly soon. But uh, I just want to mention this. We mentioned last week trusting in the Lord. In uh, Numbers chapter 13, we see again uh, people got go into the promised land. They spy out the land. They see the giants there and all those kind of things. And I just want to say this about problems. Sometimes you face problems that I, I, would, I would classify as giant kinds of problems. You know, I haven't faced cancer, but it's likely I may. I haven't faced a heart attack, but I may. I haven't faced a stroke, but I may. You say, why do I say that? I can mention people my age, people just a little older. I can mention my dad. It was my dad in my 50s. He had a heart attack. Heart disease in our family and heart problems and things like that. Someone says, well, is that going to be a giant kind of problem for you? I don't know. It could be huge. It could be little. It could be much. I don't know. But I'm just saying giant kinds of problems. Giant problems. I mean, the loss of a loved one suddenly. Think about Job losing a loved one just suddenly like that. Think again of facing again. Once you get, I mean, you go through all these things in the wilderness and you come into land, the promised land, and you're spying it out and you're checking it out. And what do you find there? Giants. What are we going to do with giants? He helped us with water. He rained manna from heaven. He sent quail. I wonder what he could do with giants. Couldn't he do exactly what he did in Exodus back there when he took care of the enemies before? Couldn't he do that here now? And who was it that said, hey, the giants, no problem, they'd be bred for us? That's Caleb. Caleb says, no problem, we got this. That's our terminology, we got this. But when it comes to life, I, I believe, again, we have problems for what particular reason? Let's turn back to our text, Psalm 66. The purpose of having problems this li in life is to see God deliver us from problem after problem, after situation, after situation, after maybe setback, after whatever might come in our life, lack of food, lack of water, dirty water, troubles with water, troubles with fire, uh, troubles with afflictions, troubles with nets, troubles with giants, troubles with governments, troubles with family. On and on we could go. No, why, why does God put those problems in our life? To get us to look to God. Psalm 66, verse number 10, it says, For thou, O Lord, hast proved us, thou hast tried us, as silver is tried, thou broughtest us into the net, thou latest affliction upon us, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou hast brought us to a wealthy place. Verse 20, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. You know, in talking about different and diverse problems, I just want to close with the biggest problem everyone has. The biggest problem isn't a stealing of an election, which might be taking place. The biggest problem is not whether Biden be president or we're under a different kind of government in, in the future. The biggest problem you have in life is found in Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. You have a death sentence against you. And if you really understood that death sentence against you, like I had to understand that death sentence against me, you would see that there's only one person that can solve this problem, just like God could only be the one to deliver them from Pharaoh's army. Only God can deliver you from 
your serious sin problem. You have a sin problem. And it can only be cured one way. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The sin problem. It's a problem everybody have. We're all sinners. All deserve the judgment of God. The wages of sin is death. And someone says, well, who can help me with this problem? This problem of sin, can I go to the priest? And the priest help me with this problem. No. The priest can't help you with this problem. Oh, can I go to my mom and dad and say, you know, I have this sin problem. And it really is a real big problem. It is a habitual sin problem. I have this problem with sin. I, I know I have a problem with God. I know I have a problem with sin. I know I have a problem with the law of God. I'm a lawbreaker. I see I have this problem. Uh, who can help me with that? Is it a priest? No. Can you come to me? Can you come to Pastor Paulson? Can you come to maybe a leader, a minister, whatever it might be, and say, I've got this huge problem. I've got this problem with sin. And I want you maybe to lay hands on me and take my sins away or do something for me to take my sins away. I've got a guilty conscience. I know that I have a sin problem. And I'll say, I can't help you with this problem. Romans chapter 5, let's back up. Who can help you with this problem? You know, this problem is something that people ignore. People are concerned about the economy. They're concerned about socialism. They're concerned about President Trump. And they're concerned about dictators. And they're concerned about all kinds of things in life. But it's hard for them to see through the major and made a major issue and problem. Romans chapter 6, verse... Or sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse number 6. It says, For... When we were without strength in due time, Christ died for an ungodly. For spiritually, for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure would what, would, for a good man would some dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And we can be saved from our sin problem. That is your greatest problem. That is our nation's greatest problem. That is the world's greatest problem, a sin problem. And they don't want to deal with that problem. We can see that. I know that. Most people don't want to deal with that problem. They're ensnared in their sin. They're servants to sin. They're entrapped in their sin. They're in bondage to sin. And yet they don't see that Jesus can solve that problem. Psalm 66 in verse number 10 to verse number 12. I'm not saying to ignore the most serious problem that will come your way. It's a sin problem. And you need to, again, face that problem. And you need to face that problem only looking to Jesus who can solve your sin problem. And by faith, trust him with your sin problem and trust in his sacrifice for your sin. The gift of God is eternal, uh, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. You can die in your sins and die in your iniquity, but God can deliver you from death. Psalm chapter 66, verse number 10, it says, For thou, O Lord, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou brought us into a neck. Thou latest affliction upon the lines. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest us to a wealthy place. You know, it's these things these disappointments, these problems, these struggles, these adversities, these, uh, again, things that we go through, 
What's the purpose of all these things? To get us to trust in the Lord and to bless the Lord with our lips. Verse number one, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Verse 20, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Problems come so that we might pray. Problems in prayer. Can you, can you get that? Can we get that? As soon as we see a problem, we should be praying, we should be crying to God and then trust Him in it. Let's close as we consider the Word of God.